deductions. Hey, can someone help with these 1099s? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Happy Friday, Baja. That's Vanessa from the new movie Fry Again. She lives in a cheesy time loop because... Nacho fries never leave the menu. Smart. Unfortunately... She's violating the nacho fries limited timeline. That's the villain. He's trying to kick Vanessa out of the time loop. Say goodbye to Friday! Can Vanessa evade the villain and eat nacho fries forever? I'll never leave Friday! She thinks so. Nacho fries are back at Taco Bell. A participating U.S. Taco Bell locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for hours and participation which vary. ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette. ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette. A Town Square media station. The best games, the best fans, the best on the bayou. The best, the best. The best ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Scott show coming at you on a Monday morning. The Ides of March. Man, what a weekend in sports. We have a loaded show because we got a lot to get into. March Madness. Mondo the Great. The Saints, let's just be frank, guys. So far, free agency has been horrendous. The Pelicans keep pacing. They are now moved ahead of the Lakers in the standings. Rough weekend on the diamond. And March Madness. Yeah. Like I said, whole lot to get into. And and, and why don't why don't we why don't we just start with the college hoops, right? There's just nothing like March Madness. I I missed maybe one of the best games of the weekend. I fell asleep last night. Like it wasn't even halftime yet. I didn't I didn't make it up for that TCU Arizona finish, which apparently went to OT and had Benedict Mathurnan throwing down the dunk of the tournament. But what a week! I, not not great for the SEC. Not great for the Big Ten. But, man, really, really good for the ACC. I mean, Auburn, Auburn, how are you going to – what? How are you going to go out like that? I mean, just getting dominated by Miami when you're the two seed. It is is the ACC's tournament right now. Coach K and Duke beat Michigan State. By what, eight in a game that really was close, went down to the final couple minutes. 
Gonzaga handled their business. Memphis gave them all they wanted, and, and, and Drew Timmy did his best to um, edit himself whenever he was just telling the, the reporters what he told his team at halftime, his teammates. I just said, we're not going to bleep and do this thing and, and go out like a bunch of soft guys. Look, it was, it was Gonzaga, and they couldn't go out like that. I mean, come on. You have two top 10 draft picks on your team in freshmen, and then you have Drew Timmy, the junior, who was the best player on the floor Saturday, who's not a top 10 pick, at least projected to be. You can't go out like that. Now they get Arkansas, which feels like, you know, SEC's last chance to get someone in the in the Final Four. Kansas handled their business, no problem. Yeah, you know, Creighton, Creighton, Creighton was missing like half their team due to injuries and still gave them a, a game, but... Looking at the non-ACC teams that did what they were supposed to, Gonzaga, Kansas, Arizona. I missed the game last night. I was, was gassed. I guess Houston, yeah. Villanova. But Duke, North Carolina as an eighth seed. Beaten Baylor in OT. Almost blew a 20. They almost blew a 25-point lead. They almost pulled an Atlanta Falcons. Michigan. Maybe the moment of the tournament was Jawan Howard. Sharing that, that moment with Tennessee's Kennedy Chandler after the game. Miami. 10 seed. Just dismantling Auburn by 18. Yeah, it's on. And then, of course, the Cinderella of the tournament. Of all the teams there, there's really just one Cinderella in the Sweet 16, and that's the St. Peter's Peacocks. Peter's Peacocks. The story of the tournament Thursday night when they beat Kentucky, and then they take on Murray State, so you know you're going to have um, you know, a Cinderella in there. Although Murray State was a seven seed. I mean, the racers have been in there. St. Peter is a true Cinderella. Little St. Peter's. Who back in February, you know, a month ago, Ken Palm had ranked 255th in college basketball. Is now in the Sweet 16. Good defense, great story, great moments. I mean, what, at this point, Coach K and Duke, I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, they are the biggest story of the tournament. But after that, the ACC as a whole, I would say second, and then St. Peter's is third. You know, somebody asked me after St. Peter's upset, they're like, man, this is great for these guys that no one's ever heard of. I remember calling Gunnar Leger in baseball game, being one out away from a no-hitter, and some freshman comes in for a terrible St. Peter's team that had the worst-ranked RPA in all of college baseball and gets a hit on the last at bat. And anyway, but I knew where St. Peter's was just because of that. I remember them in baseball. But someone said, oh, man, it's great for these guys. They're going to they're gonna get some money. 
NIL, like, eh. I, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't go that far. Yes, the NCAA allows athletes to get some money off of name, image, and likeness. The rules that were put into place last summer. But like instant stardom, that's that's a little more difficult. It's a little more difficult. You kind of come and you go in March Madness whenever you're somebody that, frankly, you know, I, most of America had no idea where St. Peter's was prior to this tournament. I'd never heard of St. Peter's before. I, I know people that live in New York City, they didn't even know where St. Peter's was located. They thought it was in a different state. It's like, no, it's right, you know, not, not far from you. But like, yeah. It's, it's now lifetime value. Maybe there's something there. But no, I don't, I don't know that they're going to make this big financial profit over it. Not that that, I mean, they're at St. Peter's. They can go there and play college hoops to do that anyway. Which you see a lot of times is maybe a coach at one of these programs parlay it into a nice gig. But as far as the players go, unless St. Peter's does, you know, something completely miraculous to where they just live on forever, like a run to the Final Four or a natty, but that's, no one really feels like that's going to happen either. I mean, we'll be rooting for it, right? But that's not going to happen. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. St. Peter's has Purdue this Friday. Boilermakers. Yeah, Purdue. Big Ten's big hope. Beat Yale. Beat Texas, who of course was overranked. Purdue's games were both kind of, I mean, kind of boring. They were not highlighted much on any of the shows. They're kind of under the radar. And now they'll, you know, if they go beat St. Peter's, they'll be a win away from the Final Four and Probably the least talked about game. Team, rather. They're probably the least talked about team so far in the tournament. Certainly the 16 that are left. Texas Tech's good, by the way. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Ten minutes after the hour of seven. As we do on Mondays, we have conversations scheduled. Rage of Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow. Rage of Cajun baseball coach Matt Deggs. Coach Glasgow joins me at 17. Coach Deggs joins me at 815 have our one-on-ones with them. We've got um, we've got to get into the Saints. Just horrific. Free agency has been bad. Now, listen, I I came on and I said I'm glad that you know I, I didn't want them to sign Deshaun Watson, and I gave my reasons why last week. And then finally Monday, it turns out he was just you know his agent. Props to his agent was just looking for the highest bidder all along. It had nothing to do with football team, fit, hometown, or any of that. It had to do with guaranteed money. But once that saga was finally done with and the dust settled and you looked at the Saints and you're like, oh, you got $30 million in cap space and what have you done? Okay, you've signed Marcus May, who's he's okay. He's not as good as Marcus Williams, who left. What have you done? What have you done to address any of the major issues on your team from a season ago? That would be nothing. More on that coming up in about 25 minutes. But up next, we'll visit with UL softball coach Jerry Glasgow. The Cajuns split two games with Georgia Southern on Saturday and won yesterday 12-1. to Sophie Piscos, 
was terrific. Sam Landry was terrific. I think of all the newcomers, she has undoubtedly been the most impressive. Some issues on Saturday and the laws still. We'll get into all that and more with Coach Glasgow when we come back right after this. This is the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. 1033 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. If you're listening via the stream, it is brought to you by Champagne's Mark on the Will Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. You can hear um, just about all but maybe three of UL softball games all season long right here on ESPN Lafayette, the home of Rage Occasion Softball, the head coach, Jerry Glasgow. Back from a uh, long trip, team traveled back from Statesboro. They got out. They got back uh, fairly late, but he is up with us this morning, as always on Mondays. We really appreciate it. Good morning, Coach Glasgow. How are you? I'm sorry, Jerry. Hang on one second. I don't have you set up on the board here. Let me try this one more time. Good morning, Coach. How are you? We're doing good. We're uh, back home and got to sleep in our own bed, which is. Nice, even though it was only a couple hours, and uh, ready to do all the things you have to do on Monday now. Well, you know, um, looking back at this weekend, you win two games via the mercy rule. You you lost another one, um, the second of the two you played Saturday. You you look at the box scores. I listened to a good bit of the games. Obviously, one of those is not like the others. I want to start on, on I guess, a positive note, um, and there's a number of places we could go, but... You know, you've talked a lot about Sam Landry, and I feel like of the newcomers, she um, she has shown to be, I don't know, I mean, at least thus far, in my opinion, the best one to this point. She was uh, out for a little while health-wise, but having her back, obviously having Piscos back, um, it, 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 it proved to be a big difference. And seeing Sam Landry, um, you know, with the two wins this weekend, Coach, I mean, how are you surprised at all by what she's been able to do in the circle? And how did you feel about her performance overall and her two outings this weekend? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm pleased with where Sammy is. And of course I, I recognize the potential and I recognize, you know, how special it is to get a coach to get to coach a talented young pitcher like that. Um, and I think that you have to be careful, like, to not overload them with pressure. You have to, because at the end of the day, what we, our goal is to, to develop and see her develop into a really elite level college pitcher. That's what that's what the goal is, and I'm talking about over the next four years, not over the next four days. So I tried to you know, we've we've went through the season, we've tried to minimize the pressure 
and we've tried to uh, keep her innings down this weekend. We pulled her as a, you know, a lot of, uh, go back to the Texas uh, game. You know, a lot of people didn't understand why we took her out of two innings. Well, it was because, you know, the, the, the trainer let us warm her up between innings and wanted to know, you know, said that we could give her 20 pitches or 30 pitches, but no more than two innings. And so you make that choice. Well, do we want to waste her and start her and go two innings, or do we want to just wait till Friday? And, you know, the, she wanted the ball. She wanted to take the circle. So, you know, we, we ran her out there and we let her go two innings because that's what the doctors and the trainers recommended that night. The, Pete, the physical therapist and the trainer and the doctor at all had input on how she, you know, came through this uh, period of, of being careful with her with a very, very, very minor injury. Um, but you have to be careful with a pitcher like that. And so that go back to that because I know a lot of fans had questions about why she come out after two innings, and that was exactly that was all she was allowed to go. Uh, so then Friday, uh, I say Friday, but game one, which got rained out on Friday and came back to Saturday, uh, you know, I, I wanted to try to get her as much experience this weekend as I could to make up for not having her the week before. And, and so we were on a pitch count of 70 pitches or less on day one Saturday, and we went 68 pitches. And then yesterday we went 78 and we quit. We stopped at 78. So that's what's going on. We're, we're being very, very careful with her because – you know, we're very lucky to have her here, and we want to um, limit how much we use her. At the same time, we we want to give her the experience and opportunity to get out on the field and develop because we need her, and we need her to be really strong going down the stretch. Her performance is outstanding. You know, her velocity is great. She's throwing the ball at 68, 69 miles an hour. I think it'll be 70 before the season's over based on what we've seen her do since the fall. Um, and we've just got to keep getting better. Uh, her changeup is one of the best in college softball already. Now, now the key for her is to grow her mentally and help her to understand when she's got an advantage and how to take advantage of, of the advantage that she has and, and then let her know, you know, when she can just really attack batters and don't worry about strikeouts, just worry about just getting outs and saving the pitches that you throw on your arms so that you can get the, you know, the same number of innings, but you don't have to, to work as hard to get it. And all those are the little things that she's, got, you know, going to get better at and learn. Um, and then, you know, her fills her position really well, which is something we don't have to worry about. We're not having to do a lot of position work because she is so naturally good at it uh, and came in pretty well developed there. So overall, you know, I'm, I'm elated where she's at. It's just, you know, at the same time, like keeping the patience and uh, expectations uh, at a normal level so that it doesn't uh, slow down or deter the, the success and the, the rate of development that we're seeing from her. Uh, Coach Jerry Glasgow, our guest, ESPN Lafayette, speaking on Sam Landry and her uh, outstanding performance over the weekend in the two victories over Georgia Southern. Um, Coach, I know in the loss, Megan Schwarman has 
pitched better in relief this year, um, hasn't had all, you know, as many results, the similar results as, as a starter, but you know, the errors only, only three of those runs were earned. Um, you look at the two wins over the weekend, you see the zero under error, the one loss, you see three and it, it certainly the, the snowball effect as some put it rather, you know, momentum, however you want to word it. What, uh, what to you was, was the biggest key in the, the one loss over the weekend as to why it got away from you guys? Well, I think everything starts in a circle and yeah, there were errors and only three runs were earned, but look, you look at like we had bases loaded and a, and a, in a weak part of their lineup and we threw a change up in the dirt that bounced away and scored one run. Then we get that batter to pop up on the infield. And then we throw the ball over the catcher's head and score another run. The catcher throws the ball back to home plate. No one's there. And it hits a, hits a runner in the helmet and bounces into the dugout. And we give up three runs, you know, based on, you know, that you can't blame that on errors on the defense. You, you And so, you know, my message to Megan is when you come here, you know, we, we're a program. We want to be a program that we play through adversity and we play through no matter what's going on. And if you look over the last couple of years, and we've had a lot of things happen and we've had a lot of bad moments, you know, or things off the field or things on the field. Or So I'm not, I'm not going to be real patient with someone because of, uh, you know, I don't like to start a game. I'm mentally not as good about starting I'm I'm better in relief. I don't want to hear that. I don't. I I just don't want to hear that. Play the game. Um, play the game. Play it well. And you know that costs us that that performance on our defense and our and our. You know we just didn't play at the level we have to play at, and so those adjustments will be made. And believe me, you know the message will be delivered and. And I think we'll see that disappear as we go through the season. But that that just was a very low point in not just this season, but a low point in my career here as a coach. And I'm just frustrated and um, very unhappy with the uh, the loss there and the loss at Georgia State. We we don't you know we haven't we we just we have to learn not to lose those kind of games and. Uh, we were, you know, we've got things that we're learning. We're offensively, we've been challenged, you know, we only scored one run against Georgia state one game and, and we've responded well. We, we talked about that. We've addressed that. That was a very poor moment for our team when we, when we lost four to one to, uh, Georgia state. And in the same way we respond, we come back, we, we're scoring runs against teams that we did this weekend, a very good job. We got to do the same thing. The pitching uh, of, not, you know, the pitching staff will respond and and uh, the defense will respond and, and hopefully we'll see the same type of, of progress as we go through the next couple of series. Coach Jerry Glasgow, Rage Occasion softball coach, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette. Um, just final pitching question for you, Coach. Um, <clears throat> we mentioned Schwarman. She pitched three innings. Uh, Vanessa Foreman pitched two and two-thirds. Kendra Lamb pitched three and one-third. And then, of course, Sam Landry pitched nine and, and got the two wins. This is your first week where you don't have any midweek games. You have a conference play. UT Arlington coming to um, Lampson Park this weekend. 
What do you have an idea of what you want to do pitching wise this upcoming weekend, or is that something that you're still going to sort out this week? Because you talked about patience, but also balancing that with look, we got to win, right? We have a standard here, and you know, some games we meet it, some games we don't. Where are you at in terms of what that weekend rotation might look like here against UT Arlington? Yeah, I, I don't know other than we want to continue to uh, we want to continue to develop Sam as long as we're healthy there and uh, and it looks like we we believe we are we, it looks like we're in a really good place so like that's a priority uh, developing Sam um, we want to get Kendra Lamb back out on the field more this weekend we didn't get her enough innings just this weekend to to keep her on pace where we want, but we you know after the um, after the Texas doubleheader, uh, she had a little soreness in her in her wrist and in her forearm, and that was the reason we limited a little bit her innings this weekend. Just because you know she had to see the she saw the doctor on Wednesday and he said she was good to go, but it at the same time she had a lot of soreness and tightness in there after the Texas game. And, and so we've been careful there. Um, and so, you know, those, those two will be there. It, Shorman, uh, we'll, we'll look at Megan's bullpens this week. I mean, she showed enormous talent. She showed some really good outings, but she's also, you know, I've got a, it's got the, the, the consistency has to step up for Megan. I've got to see more consistency, or, or then we we it's hard to put some any player at any position. It's hard to put them out there if you have moments of inconsistency that cost you games. So uh, it, that's that's going to be a challenge there to, just to see her settle in and pitch. And she's pitched some of the best softball that we've had pitched all year. Um, so can't forget that either. That there's been moments when. Very, she was at a very elite level in the circle, and so that's that's just something we'll talk about, and and she'll know the expectation going forward, and 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 you know we we're definitely going to try to get those three pitchers a lot of innings, and then Foreman has done a really good job of coming in and and stopping the momentum, um, and we'll continue to use her in that role. You you use the word consistency, coach. Who has been your most consistent player this season in your mind? Well, I tell you, I'm, I'm just beyond thrilled with Maddie Hayden. I mean, I knew, I knew coming out of high school that she was one of the top recruits or top talented high school players coming in. Uh, I knew, I knew her talent was really at a high level of talent because she was fast. She had a great arm. Um, She's built really strong. She's a real strong player. But then when you see her step out on the field and compete with the bulldog mentality that she has, I mean, she's been a warrior ever. You go back through the season, she's been a warrior. <laughs> and she's been very consistent. Um, you know, there's, no been, there's not been a slump. There's not been a moment when she's 10 for 10 either. You know, she's just been solid, steady. She's playing center field for us now like she's a veteran. Uh, I, I couldn't – I just couldn't be more pleased with um, with with Maddie. 
Um, so definitely one of the more consistent. Uh, you know, Stormy Kotsenek offensively has been just absolutely fantastic all year. And, of course, Piscos has been was hurt for quite a while, but then when you see the at-bats, I think she had six straight at-bats where she hit the ball on the nose this weekend. Um, really thrilled with her. And then um, Jordan Campbell is now hitting, you know, 430, 440, whatever it is, and and really getting up there in the RBIs and starting to understand where, you know, how to get the ball in her air, how to manipulate her hitting to where she gets the ball you know, out of the infield and up in the air, and that gives her a chance for a lot of good things to happen. And so you've seen a few more doubles and a few more extra base hits right now. Um, you know, she had two home runs as a freshman. I think she's got four or five already uh, on pace, it looks like, for a double-digit home run year. That's really exciting because that kid's just a sophomore and, and, and has two more years in our program. So I'm uh, I'm thrilled with those four kids for sure. And I'm sure if I went, there's others. Uh, right now we've got Kramer uh, really coming on and got her average up to like 430 and showing really some great signs. So another good freshman that's really having a, a good season for us. No doubt. You know, the first four you mentioned, I think they each had six hits over the weekend. Uh, 24, your 41 overall came from those four. And, um, yeah, Maddie Hayden, Sam, I mean, uh, you, so many you're mentioning, not Sophie, but our, our newcomers. And I know as the season goes on, you, you hope that continues. You're looking for it to progress. And, uh, with UT Arlington coming to, uh, to Lamson park this weekend, two part question coach, and we'll let you run. Um, what's, what's the key in your mind? What do you want to see most in your next weekend series? And then, after that question, the follow-up is, uh, what's your message to the fan base? Because I know they're going to be back out there this weekend and uh, ready to support you guys, but you know how passionate they are. Uh, two-part question there, and then we'll let you run. Yeah, I want to see us consistent. I want to see us consistent, but I want to see us learn to win. You know, We've got to learn to sweep these Sunbelt series. And, and you know, we've got a, um, a team that's learning to play together. You've got some new pieces and you know they're not young anymore we're halfway through the year but they are they're learning their they've had six sunbelt games if you look at i'm talking about megan shoreman who's a a, a redshirt junior <laughs> not young at all but she is new to the team and she's new to me and she's new to justin and She's new to the program, and you got you got Justin Robichaux, who's you know he's coached six Sun Belt games, and I'm sure if you talk to him right now, he'll tell you you know like the 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 Sun Belt series and the Sun Belt atmosphere is and girls softball is a little different than what he expected at a minimum. He might say it's a lot different. I don't know, but we're all like you know I'm sure he would tell you like you know the the intensity of Jerry Glasgow in a game at Georgia Southern or Georgia state. He'd never, you know, he would say he's, I've never seen Jerry Glasgow with that kind of intensity in practice or in real life before. But when you get in that dugout and you're standing a foot and a half apart, and that's just an example, you know, the players are interacting in that dugout and they're seeing me with a, a, a desire or an intensity that they've not saw before. And so they got to learn how to handle that, learn how to react to that. And that's, that's like one of the things that, you know, would, would uh, just one small example that 
you can see where we're still learning each other and we're learning uh, how to how to exist and how to perform and and you know when that's that's I think that's one of the things and you know because I, I I talk to some of the players I'm like hey I, you know uh, I'm not going to change I'm on, I'm I've coached pretty well the same way my whole career I, I'm not planning on changing that at all now what's got to happen is they're going to get used to that they're going to learn how to play they're going to learn what that means and and one of the things we had was you know, Caitlin Alderink and Sarah Hudak and um, Sarah Bryant. You know, those are kids that all had been around me before, kids that had played for us before. And so we're doing things now where we got a, a young ball club that came in and, and, and now are becoming an experienced ball club, and, and they got to learn how to respond. And some of them have been prepared, like – Kayla, Kayla Falterman, I'll call her out. Like that kid doesn't get phased by anything. You know, she goes up there and she does her job. Whatever you ask her to do, she does it at a really high level. Um, and she can make every excuse in the world about, you know, I'm not getting to play. I'm not getting reps at a regular t- intervals. I'm not having, I don't have a routine. I don't do the same thing every day. It doesn't matter to Kayla. She just does whatever you ask her to do. She comes in, does her job really well and performs. It doesn't matter, you know, if the dugout's intense or if the dugout's happy, doesn't matter if we're winning, doesn't matter if we're losing. She does exactly the same thing. So that's, we got to like find that consistency as a ball club that we're seeing from, you know, we're seeing it at times, but we've got to find it 24 seven. And those are the things I want to see this weekend with, with UT Arlington, who's got a very good ball club. They've won five in a row now. They're red hot. Um, they just beat Oklahoma State top fifteen. I mean, we got a we got a red hot team coming into our field on Friday, and it's going to give us an opportunity to win some tough games because they won't be easy. They'll be really tough, and I'd like to see us find a level of play that is a step, <laughs> you know, a step up the ladder on Friday night, and then take it two steps higher on Saturday and. And then get three steps higher on Sunday because we just—it's time to get better, and there's an urgency now that is being felt that it's, it's really urgent that we make huge strides and and just get better. And and that may be in you know winning the games one to nothing. I don't care. I don't care if we win one to nothing. I don't care if we win four or five. I don't care if we win ten to nine, or I don't care if we win twelve to ten. But we got to win. We can't be ten and the other team twelve and can't be zero and the other team one. So we we have to learn how to win and get our number higher than their number. And that's that's what I'm looking for this weekend. Coach Jerry Glasgow has been our guest. Coach, I always appreciate you taking the time. I know it's um, maybe not the easiest thing after a long road trip the day before, but I know the fan base appreciates it. I certainly do as well. Best of luck this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. The road trip's not the problem. The 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 wins and losses and the poor performances make it makes their jobs you know coaches don't enjoy press conferences after poor performance or after a less than uh best effort we just don't enjoy talking about it we don't enjoy radio shows near as much we don't enjoy press conferences near as much but that's that's an excuse and that's the that's not, it just can't be a, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's, we got to deal with it and we have to move forward and that's our job to get that fixed and deal with it. And 
So that's where we're at. But you can, like, I'm, I'm, there is some frustration there, but it's definitely not about having to do a radio show. I'm just thrilled that we have fans that are passionate and that care about our sport, that care about what we do. And, and that's what fans are. You know, fans are there to be, be emotional and to cheer you when you're good and, and criticize you when you're not good. It's just part of it. But our job is to be good. And so that's, that's what we'll try to do all week. Coach Glasgow has been our guest. All the best, Coach. We'll talk to you next Monday at 7.15. Thank you. You got it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow. When we come back, Lafayette born and bred. One of the greatest athletes in the world from right here. Did it again over the weekend. We'll explain. The Saints have had a horrendous free agency. We'll get into that. And March Madness. What was the most madness moment? of the weekend. Now all that and more coming your way plus open phone lines at 337-269-1077. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott show continues right after this. Move me. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather coming at you on a Monday. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What a weekend. We've we've talked a little March Madness. We have talked, talked to Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow quite a bit. A lot more to get into. You know, free agency. Friday afternoon, Deshaun Watson finally, you know, decided to make his decision. Going to the Cleveland Browns. As it turned out, all along, really, his agent was working behind the scenes to get, you know, to get Deshaun the biggest deal possible. And in the end, it worked. Despite all the civil lawsuits, the guy gets the most guaranteed money of any player in NFL history and gets his contract this year set up in a way that, you know, whatever games he's suspended for, he's going to lose the least amount of money because the majority of his salary this year is the bonus at the moment of signing where his base salary from game to game is near league minimum. Whether you like it, whether you hate it, Certainly, from his agent's standpoint, you understand it. But all of this, you know, no, here's the thing about it. His agent played the media like a fiddle. All the the national media, the blue check marks, the, okay, here we go. 
It's Atlanta or New Orleans. Carolina's out of it. Cleveland's out of it. This team's out of it. It's Atlanta or New Orleans. He wants to go home, but, you know, the Saints roster is appealing to him. We'll have to wait and see. Oh, the Saints are in the lead. No, Atlanta's in the lead. Meanwhile, in the background, the whole time, Cleveland's sitting there saying $230 million guaranteed. And yet, you know, despite him playing them like a fiddle, you still have blue check marks out there carrying their water, agents' water, saying in the end, it was all about the talented roster of the Browns. No, it was about $230 million. Don't be ridiculous. And no, Atlanta or the Saints did not offer that much in guaranteed money. That much money, plus three first-round picks, and what, a third? Come on. That's that's a lot. Now, Cleveland had a lot of draft capital. Cleveland made their move. So where did that leave the Saints? Still don't have a quarterback. Still probably sent Jameis Winston the text of, you up? Treating him like a booty call. Ah, no, we weren't interested in that debutante with a shady past, despite all of the reports otherwise. Come on. Thing is, where's Jameis' other options right now? Are the Colts going to make a hard run at Jameis? I doubt it. Might make a run at Matt Ryan, who might go in and tell Atlanta, you know what? You guys can... um, Stick it where the sun don't shine. 14 years, I've been nothing. I, I Look, I make plenty of Matt Ryan jokes. But 14 years, the face of your franchise, I have done everything like a pro. I've won an MVP. I have blown a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. But I have, I've, I've been the uber pro. And you were just treating me like um, hogwash over the weekend, asking me to push bonuses back, not sure what you want to do. Man, sometimes, look, sometimes somebody doesn't want to be traded even though they should go into an office and say, you need to trade me, but because of how you treated me. Come on, guys, let's be real. If if money is the same, you know what's a pain is moving. I mean, <laughs> moving is not fun. You know, they got the Atlanta Charities, they've got young kids. Matt Ryan is about as practical as it gets. The guy probably, you know, eats Hot Pockets with a fork. Maybe the idea of it, eh. But if Seattle or Indy or someone wanted him, go get it. As far as the Saints go. Just just, just get, just bring Jameis back. Another prove-it deal. Another open relationship contract. That's where it felt like this thing was going before. But what else have the Saints done? They clear all of this money off the books. They have $30 million in cap space. And what have they actually done? Yes, free agency isn't over yet. I get it. They could still turn this thing around. But to this point, it has been atrocious. Don't sit here and act like the Saints have done well. Well, look at all the cap space they say. Cool. And for who? For what? Nothing. Teron Armstead's in South Beach today. Miami Dolphins, their management, they're chumming it up with him. Probably going to offer him a boatload of money. He's probably gone. 
Marcus Williams is gone. You replace him with Marcus May, who's a good player, not as good as Marcus Williams. So there's a downgrade there. Malcolm Jenkins' contract is so puzzling based on the money he gave up to come back and play on a league minimum. Many are under the, uh, are, are of the belief he might actually be retiring. What have they done to address the biggest issues on the team from a year ago? Wide receiver. What have they done on wide receiver? Tied in. What have they done to tied in? Oh, you still have the draft. You're not going to fix all of the mega. You have to do stuff in free agency. By reports, according to reports, the Taysom Hill experiment is over in New Orleans. Guess P. Carmichael doesn't want to deal with Taysom Hill the same way that Sean Payton did. It doesn't mean Taysom's not going to play. He'll probably still do his multifaceted role. But now you're overpaying for him. You already were, to be honest with you. And I get that not all of his contract is guaranteed, but still. And you know Ian Book or Blake Bortles aren't going to be starting a quarterback. you got to figure out quarterback. You've done nothing to wide receiver. You've done nothing to tight end. You lost one of your better players on defense. And you're likely about to lose a team captain and a guy that's been with the team since 2013, a multi-time Pro Bowler and All-Pro. Oh, you know, he misses some games due to injury. Would you rather have Teron Armstead or would you rather have a UDFA or a backup or somebody with no pedigree or no history of being elite at left tackle at this point you don't even know who your quarterback's going to be so what have the saints done other than embarrass themselves in a pursuit for a player they couldn't even get don't fool yourself don't get mad at me don't get offended i'm only stating facts to this point They've done nothing. Nothing. You can email me, scott at espnlafayette.com. Jay emails, he says, Matt Ryan doesn't eat Hot Pockets. He eats fennel chips with a glove. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Somebody, so, uh, Someone on Saturday saw me. They're like, you think Matt Ryan could go to the Saints? I was like, man, if he does, I got a whole lot of Matt Ryan jokes to come with him. But he'd certainly be better than what they have right now. But no, I, that would it would there would there would be a part of it that would be hilarious. I think wherever Matt Ryan plays at this point in his career, he's just hoping they have a good O line because give the guy time, he can still beat you. You give him no time at all, he's not making anything happen. Come on, that's like a he's like a a, a three legged fold out table. It's like aren't those supposed to have four legs? Yep. Pretty sturdy when you, you know, when you don't really move it much. Yeah, but one little bump and poof, collapse. Oh, man. The, uh, Chico checks in. He says, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I see people online like, oh, we just they cleared all this cap space. Why are you hating on them? I'm not hating on the Saints, guys. My job is to sit here and be a cheerleader. The offseason for the Saints to this point has been awful. The head coach left. He was good. Said, I don't want to do this anymore. At least not here. We go to a TV. Then maybe I'll get back into coaching. They promoted Dennis Allen, who put a lot of energy into acquiring someone, and it didn't work out, and someone that, you know, 
They didn't get him. Don't act like it didn't hurt the Saints from a PR standpoint a little bit, but whatever. You move on. You get over it. And had they signed him or traded for him, people would have got on board eventually. Some would have. We all know how eventually it would have gotten there. The reality is they didn't. It was bad for PR. And right now they've cleared all of this cap space. They've converted all these salaries. They've done all these things. And all they have right now is Marcus May, who I like Marcus May. Not as good as Marcus Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. They 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 brought back they they tendered Shy Tuttle and Deontay Hardy. Come on, guys. We all know they weren't going anywhere anyway, and they're not. They'll match whatever they get offered if those guys get offered anything. That's not the point. The point is the biggest holes on this roster haven't only been filled, they've gotten bigger. The legal tampering period of free agency began a week ago. I got that text on my phone yesterday. Not a text, whatever you call it. The alert comes to me on Sunday mornings. Oh, your screen time was up 50% last week. Now, most Sundays, I get it. It's like it was up 3%. It was down 9%, you know. Little numbers here or there. But that's how much everybody was just waiting for some big news to break for the Saints. What's going to happen? What's going on in free agency? Uh, As far as the Saints go, strike three. It's not good. It's not good at all. There's still there's still receivers on the market. Jarvis Landry's still out there. You could still bring back Jameis on a deal that I mean he still in play. Make it. I mean, what what are your other what are your other great options? Don't 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 give me this Baker Mayfield stuff. Baker just needs a new situation. Baker Mayfield, his. Skin is thinner than the Grim Reaper. You want to bring on a guy that is a below average starter. I mean, he ain't in the upper half of the league. Don't fool yourself. You want to give up something to get him. And then with a year left on a rookie deal, if you're going to give up something, you're probably going to extend him. You know, I I, I hear this absurd takes. Oh, it was kind of like Drew Brees. I mean, he's... He's young. A, a team's given up on him. How is he like Drew Brees other than that he is shorter than a normal NFL quarterback? Have you seen Baker Mayfield throw? Let me tell you something. He's not the most accurate passer in the history of football. So spare me with the ridiculous, oh, he could be like Drew Brees. Yeah, and I'm the Catholic Brad Pitt. Jesus. Baker Mayfield. He'd be like Drew Brees. What in the hell kind of drugs are you taking? He can't be. He won't be. He's not. He's that guy that's so insecure that when his girl is just going to get them a drink at the bar and some other guy comes up and just starts talking to her, he doesn't just walk up next to her and says, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, hey, wait, what are you? He yells at the girl. He's like, what are you doing talking to that guy? You should be with me. And it'd be one thing if he carried some drama and he was as insecure as he is and he was a great player. He's not. Oh, well, Cleveland was in the playoffs year before last. Yeah, Nick Chubb and an old line that ran block like better than anybody in the league. There is talent in Cleveland. I'm not saying there isn't. But come on. 
If Baker was all that, Cleveland's not guaranteeing $230 million in giving up as many draft assets for a quarterback that hadn't played in 20 months and has 22 civil suits still ongoing right now against him. Not if the former number one overall pick was as good as some of you think he is or could be for the Saints, who, by the way, just a reminder, no longer have Sean Payton, guys. Just to circle back to how bad the offseason's been to this point. Not here to make you feel better about what the Saints are doing. I'm here to give you a reality check. The reality is, to this point, Dennis Allen hadn't done anything. And Mickey Loomis and Kai Hartley, they've cleared a lot of cap space. And they haven't done anything other than replace uh, a really good player with a a good player. Okay. Oh, Bradley Roby's coming back. Cool. That's great. Good. What was the biggest problem on the team last year? Oh, that'd be the offense. That'd be receiver. That'd be depth on the O-line. Eight o'clock. Sorry. I got, I got, I got, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad weekend. Start talking about what Saints are doing or lack thereof. Kind of start getting angry. So I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to cool off. We're going to come back. We have the 8 o'clock hour. Coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette studio, sponsored by Bet Rivers. Every day at the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana, you'll find line specials, daily boosted odds, parlays of the day, and more. We'll talk about something really cool that happened over the weekend, not just to March Madness, but across the pond, one of the greatest athletes in the history of this great city did it again. I'll tell you all about it when we come back after this. Coach Matt Deggs at 815. Don't go anywhere. This is The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Back in to the great Scott show. I'm Scott Brather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coach Matt Deggs joining me at 815. You are baseball coach. Mondo Duplantis. Armand Mondo Duplantis. God did it again. He did it again. He continues to set new world records, breaking his own. He set one two weeks ago and then yesterday at the World Athletics Indoor Championships in Serbia. He did it again. Here's the audio from NBC Sports. Bailed out on his first two attempts. Third attempt at a world record. Fernando Duplantis, world record. <laughs> he is something else. And I guess you get the girl, too. 
Yeah, that was Mondo kissing his Swedish girlfriend afterwards. Then he went and embraced his parents. Want to see the video? Want to see the breakdown? It's all over at ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app for you. But this dude said afterwards, the sky's the limit. At this point, literally, right? Jeez. Another title, another world record. Went over 6.20 meters for the first time. Keep flying. That's the indoor record. He's going to look for the world outdoor title and outdoor record this July when he competes in Eugene, Oregon. Greatest pole vaulter of all time. Grew up right here in our backyard. He was awesome. Got a number of emails after my rant about the Saints. Carl emails. Scott, get over it. The Saints have a lot of work to do, but you're acting as if the offseason is done. Are you telling me they still can't go out and sign players? I thought free agency lasted longer than a week. Well, Carl, I think you're a bit sensitive. For one. Whatever, you love the Saints, and I do too, so good for you. But, come on, dude. Yes, I did say they can still do things, and they will do things. And I'm not grading them on what they will do. I'm grading them on what they have done. And I'm not giving them an incomplete right now. I'm not giving them an A. I'm not giving them an F. I'm not grading anything. I am telling you that up to this point, all they have done is strike out miserably. They haven't addressed any of the major needs yet this offseason. And if they do, you look at what's left on the market, and you're like, okay, maybe it'll be okay. Hey, is it going to be better based on who's left out there? Depends on where they go. Jackson emails says, Scott, how in the heck do the Saints keep clearing all of this cap space every year? Well, you know, you kick the can down the road. It has some downside. And yes, it does continue to wait for the Saints in future years. And they'll go through the same process over and over and over again. But yeah, they began the offseason $75 million over the cap, and now they have $30 million cap space. They pushed more than $110 million in cap costs into future years. They didn't even cut a single player. And the cap will continue to go up in future years because of TV revenue, unless another pandemic hits, which we're all hoping for for obvious reasons, not so much football reasons. They had to release starters last year to fit under the cap because... Salary cap, which is expected to go up each year, didn't. It went down by a lot because of the pandemic. There was some lost revenue there. But, yeah. There's still some questions about this, though. Like Malcolm Jenkins, he just took a straight pay cut of over $6 million. Didn't convert any of it into a signing bonus. Bradley Roby took a pay cut as well. I don't... I'm not sure what's happening with Malcolm. That's a hell of, that's a big pay cut. Big pay cut. Like they, there's still, there's money on the, the, the salary cap this year from Drew Brees. Who of course, wasn't with the team last year, won't be with the team this year. When you have a signing bonus, it gets divvied up into future years. So if I sign a $10 million signing bonus over the course of five years, that's $2 million against the cap over five years. That's why you hear about the Saints saying, oh, well, the players do $10 million this season. They're going to convert that into a signing bonus right now, and then they put void years on a contract, so on and so forth. 
Yes, there's more dead money on the cap in future years. You have to have an owner willing to cut those checks early and a team willing to do it. So it's great that they cleared all this cap space, but they haven't spent it on anything yet. Appreciate the emails, guys. Appreciate y'all listening. We opened up the show with some March Madness talk. We will circle back to the weekend from the hardwood, plus the Pelicans now moving up ahead of the Lakers in the standings. That's coming your way in about 20 minutes. Up next, it's Louisiana Raging Cajun baseball coach Matt Deggs. Cajuns got swept by Troy over the weekend. 0-3 start to conference play. We'll talk to Coach Deggs about the weekend in Troy. And more when we come back after this. This is ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prate, the great Scott show. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on the Rich Eisen Show. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. For those of you listening via the stream, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Will Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Get some great uh, delicious food and other things at Champagne's. I know the Cajun baseball team enjoyed their Daryls on the way back from a win last week, midweek. I'm guessing the bus ride wasn't as fun uh, yesterday. Um, you know, one, they didn't get Daryl's. Two, it was uh, not the weekend they went in for. They were hoping to uh, get wins at Troy to open up conference play. Troy takes the series here to talk about that and more. Is Rage Cajun baseball coach Matt Deggs on a Monday morning. Only 24 hours today. He wishes there was 48 in it. But uh, good morning, coach. How are you after, um, you know, the uh, the start of conference play? How are you on this Monday? Oh, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm, I'm. My kids are healthy. I've got a job, so I ain't complaining, Coach. I'm doing great. That's it. That's it, man. We're all day to day. So, um, so. Wait, wait, let's 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 dig into the weekend. What um, what did you? I guess what was the most disappointing thing in your mind over the weekend? And then I want to get into some of the the positives and some things you learned. But what was what was most disappointing over the weekend? Well, we just didn't play very well and uh you know they had momentum going in and we knew that and uh had won i think seven in a row or, or something like that and uh you know they've got a new staff over there with some good players returning and they brought in some good players and so we knew what we were getting into and just uh you know friday obviously did not play very well and uh gain us one of the better pitchers in the league pitched it pretty good against us and uh gave up you know two or three home runs and that was kind of the difference in the game uh come back the next day and and uh you know another face another good arm very talented freshman and uh we're, we've done enough to win that game i think we've got a lead in eight and uh you know, we're going to win that game, and, and for one reason or another, they tie it up. Once again, the long ball got us. That's a very 
uh, hitter-friendly ballpark when the conditions are right. And bottom line, at the end of the day, they took advantage of that, and we didn't. And uh, we we didn't make enough plays, didn't execute enough pitches, and, and didn't come up with enough timely at-bats or hits. And uh, in this game, especially the college game, Scott, momentum is everything, right? And uh, we just never uh, could seize that momentum or or stop theirs. And uh, although we we did for a while on Saturday, and uh, you know once uh, it. it, it they got that game on Saturday. We knew we were going to have a tough one on Sunday. Felt like we were ready to go. We were loose and, uh, you know, come out and, and got to make a play at, at second base and follow that up with a couple of walks, wild pitch, and, and give up a three-run inning right there. And that just kind of shoved everything back over there. So, uh, look, it's it's not a three-game uh, series it's a, or season. It's a 30-game conference season. And, uh, we'll adjust, keep grinding, move forward, and we're going to keep getting better. What, what in your mind was, I guess, maybe a particular player that, that stood out to you for the right reasons over the weekend? Well, Julian Brock is just, he's become a, a man amongst boys behind the plate, and he's becoming one of the better catchers in the area. Uh, when I say area, I'm talking about region. Uh, I haven't seen them all, but he's been the best catcher of everybody we've played. Uh, I mean, I'm very proud of him. The freshman, uh, the barge is short, you know, just as gritty as it gets. And, uh, you know, there was, I thought Dylan Toy pitched it good. I thought Tally battled for us and, uh, Bo Bonds did his thing. I mean, there was enough performances. Uh, we've just got to clean up some stuff and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a situation where, We've just been too generous. You can't you can't give away freebies and then keep flipping it back to the offense. And that's that's just a good way to clog your machine up. And uh, it's 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 got to go pitching, catching, defense, and the momentum back into offense. And the offense hands it back to those guys, and that's how you suffocate people. And we've been able to do that a few times, but uh, you know it's 19 games in. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're not even at the halfway point. We've got a chance to continue to get better and, and gain some momentum ourselves and get rolling. Yeah. You sound really confident about what this team you feel like can be. Um, There's we- no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And we've got enough good players. We've got enough good pitching. Uh, you know, I, I blame, I don't blame those guys. I blame myself. You know, if if we've got good players and they're not performing, that's on me. And and so uh, we've got to continue to work and stay the course. And here's the thing about most average people is they give up right before the best thing happens. And that's just never going to happen here. We're going to keep grinding and expecting to, to win this thing and, and uh, keep going. And I'm fully, fully confident of that. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Coach Matt Deggs, our guest. Um the uh, the you know Coach Robe would always say right it's it's how you respond to a loss it's it's not so much losing um, what, what's the what's the message to the team after this weekend uh, like you said it's 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 a thirty game conference season uh, the Saturday game was tough but y- what's the message and and how do you use this basically utilize what happened over the weekend and turn it into hey man remember what we learned from that weekend if that makes sense. Well, I mean, the, 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 
there's something called case history or precedent and law, right? And that, that what that means is it's happened before. And uh, so they you understand the precedent that's been set and uh, the procedure behind it and what goes into it. And, you know, this is, I've been down this road a bunch. And my message is that we're going to win this league. Don't panic. Uh, there's, there's, there's no fear. There's no panic. Just stay the course. Keep working. Stay grinding. What goes around always comes back around. But where, I, where it's tough, and this is where we've, you know, this business has changed a bunch, right, is you can't pay attention to what people say or do or write or anything like that. Information is so accessible now, and everybody's got an opinion, and everybody wants this right now, and if those kids will just not pay attention to that stuff, keep their circle tight, stay grinding, stay working, it'll come back around, man. It will come back around. And, you know, you're you're never as good uh, as you think you are. You're never as bad as people tell you. You're somewhere in between, and you got to stay working and grinding. And that's how the teams that emerge at the end that, that you know, people had, had assumed were dead, they do that stuff. They stay together. They don't point fingers, and they just keep going. But it's a, hey, the, the you know, it, the kids now, they're always on their phone and this mm-hmm. and that. And they're just, you can't scroll anywhere without reading how good or bad you are. And that's none of that matters, man. It's all I watch. The, the only opinion that matters is what do you believe you are. And, uh, you know, if we'll just keep our blinders on, keep plowing up field, good things are going to happen. You know, as a coach, you know, you, you being a, a Gen Xer, it wasn't like you had to deal with that constant information, as you put it. I mean, it might be, you know, you pick up a newspaper and you see a little something and that's that. Uh, there wasn't the, I guess, potentially 24-7, 365 interaction <laughs> with, no. you know, with, with people from the outside. And that's that's part of it. But you, you talked about that being a challenge as a coach. I don't know that you use that word, but I'm sure it's one of the challenges for you, right? How do you, I guess, press on a Gen Z or a millennial, you know, the young players on your team and say, look, even when there's good stuff out there, you can't, you, you, because you, it's, it's one thing to say, look, don't buy into the bad stuff, right? It's, it's a long season. It's one series, whatever they said, something, who cares? They'll say something else later, whatever it might be. But like, do you find that it's a bigger challenge to get them not to buy into the bad stuff or not to buy into the good stuff when you talk about having those blinders on? Well, it's a trick, right? It's it's all a lie because people just, human nature, want to be validated. And so the problem with baseball is you're always going to be up and down. And, you, you know, so you do good and you, you know, the ego says, let me see what the opinion is. And, and not me personally, but this has been my experience. And then, you know, when you go bad, there's also going to be an opinion out there. And, you know, there's an old thing, saying, if you listen, uh, if you take the advice of people that aren't on the field, ultimately you're going to wind up sitting with them on the stands. And that's just the way it goes. And I learned that from Butch Hobson, man. You don't read anything. You don't listen to anything. You just stay the course. And because it, it, it doesn't matter. Look, 
the, the same people that applaud your coronation will also cheer the loudest that you're beheading. People love a show. I mean, that's pretty much something that I live by. And that's, that's the, the society that we're in now is everybody can have an opinion and say this, 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 and this. Nameless, faceless, it don't matter. And people perceive that to be fact. Well, if you don't pay attention to it, it doesn't matter. You just do your thing. And that's tough for these kids, man. That's a very, very hard thing for them. Because at the end of the day, they're 18 to 22 years old. But it's the ones that are mentally tough enough that it's just all about team and you can stay the course. Uh, you know, great things still have a chance to, to happen for you. Coach Matt Deggs, our guest. It's um, it, it, On one hand, you know, that's that's a challenge. On the other and I know you were speaking about sports and really, rather baseball in general, maybe not specifically about the Raging Cajuns program, but it's like there's probably another part of you, Coach, that I'm sure you kind of, in a weird way, like it. Not so much that it's it's a challenge with a job, but the fact that you're at a school where there is so much passion that that's a challenge that you have to you know, stay in front of and yeah. stay in front of the guys, right? You're not somewhere where it's like, well, y'all don't really hear anything one way or the other. You know what I mean? You're glad to be somewhere where that is one of the challenges as a coach, right? And I'm speaking, I'm speaking in this just society in general, right? Right, right to be and, clear. And um, the stuff that the kids have to deal with nowadays is so much greater than we ever had to. And we have the best fan base in America. There's hands down. And you never want to be anywhere where there's not expectation. That's just boring. You, I mean, you want expectation. And either you get it done or you don't. And you handle it like a man. But you can't pay attention to outside influence or the, the distractions. You just can't. And that's the trick for these guys uh, in today's day and age, correct? Because there's more of it than anywhere, you know, back in the day, you could decide if you wanted to walk out to the driveway and pick up the paper or not. <laughs> that's that's totally up to you. Uh, now, all information is disseminated on your phone right in front of you. It's unavoidable. And uh, so you've got to stay balanced, stay grounded, and, uh, you know, stay the course. And, and look, no, nothing's ever over until it is. We're not even halfway through. And I like to look back and I tell them all the time, it's a body of work, right? And, you know, we'll be judged on the body of work. And so let's play this thing all the way out because you might look up and find yourself in a super regional. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coach Matt Deggs, our guest. Coach, you've written about the Wolfpack mentality. You've talked about it a lot. And you said that this year's team has some some alphas on it. You know, I know that's what you want in a baseball team. Is there one true alpha right now uh, among the players, or is that something that you guys are, you know, st- is that still developing? Is that in process? Is that something you want per se? Yeah, I think there's, you know, two or three. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's you got to remember these kids are young too. And it's, uh, it's something where you're an alpha, you're an alpha. That's full-time, and that's not result-oriented. And, uh, you know, there, I think there's a couple, two or three that have that to them. And, you know, the trick is not ide- identifying yourself with a result and then deciding, okay, I'm going to lead based on the fact I was four for four or I went five scoreless innings. That's not the way it works. 
you're the same dude every single day. And so we're still learning that. And, and, uh, but there's a couple, two or three that got that alpha dog to them. I promise you. The weekend rotation. I want to get back to what happened on the weekend just for a second. You mentioned, uh, Brandon Talley and what he did on Saturday and looked good. Do you think, is that maybe what we saw this weekend, what we'll likely see next weekend, or was this week and perhaps tomorrow's game going to be dependent on what you guys put out there from a starting standpoint next weekend at home? That's got to get figured out. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be addressing that here as soon as I hang up with you guys. And uh, we've we've just got to get better performances all the way around. And, and it's not just on the pitching side. It's everywhere. And, you know, we'll get that figured out and get the guys in the right spots. And like I said, it's three games in uh, to a 30-game conference season and, and I think 19 games into a 56-game season. Uh you know, so it's it's always evolving, and we're going to work to get it figured out. And uh, you know, I know the guys are hungry to 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 play better than we have played. Cajuns in action tomorrow in uh, Thibodeau, taking on Nickel State, six o'clock pregame, six thirty first pitch. You can hear it right here, ESPN Lafayette. Jay Walker, Brad Topham have the call, and then this weekend, Louisiana welcomes South Alabama over to Russo Park. Coach Matt Deggs has uh, has been our guest. Coach, always enjoy these conversations every Monday. I was more um, awake and alert this morning. Um, so, I don't know. Last week, I needed you to kind of give me a jolt. But I felt like this Monday, I was, I was ready for the energy. Well, I'm glad you could bring something today, Scotty. <laughs> Appreciate it, Coach. <laughs> we'll talk next week, man. And uh, we'll be listening right. and uh, seeing you out at the ballpark as well this week. Thanks so much. All right. See you, buddy. You got Bye. it. I you to bring something to the table this time. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll take a timeout when we come back. The Saints awful free agency. March Madness. We're going to dig into it. Open phone lines at 337-269-1077. Mondo Mania and more. It is all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm coming to you from the ESPN Lafayette studio. Sponsored by Bet Rivers every day at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, Louisiana. You'll find line specials, daily boosted odd, parlays of the day, and more. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app, the best Louisiana sports betting experience. Learn more at betrivers.com.
Phone lines now open, 337-269-1077. Good to talk to Coach Deggs. After a weekend where, frankly, the Cajuns just offensively didn't have it. Didn't have it. Disappointing at the plate. But uh, for all the reasons he said, you know, you got 27 more conference, got a lot more games to go. You're not halfway through the season. He seems confident. We'll see what they have in store this week. Tomorrow against Nichols, this weekend against South Alabama. March Madness. Man. I didn't, I, listen, this is, I'll, I'll explain why I'm saying this, but shout out, and I mean it, shout out to all the single parents out there. My wife was out of town uh, beginning early Thursday morning, and I had my my three, two, four, and six, three kids. And, you know, I had some help. My mother was in town. I did some different things. I had to use some sitters a little bit here and there to get some work done, other things. And I loved my kids, and it was fun, and we had a great three days together. But it's exhausting, and it's awesome. But shout out to all of the single parents out there. You know, I did my best to watch as much March Madness as I could. Now, a lot of times, a lot of the games I was able to see were the later ones that were at night or the ones kind of really early in the day I was able to kind of keep an eye on here at the studio. Saw the end of Duke-Michigan State yesterday. My wife had got back. I watched the end of that one. Then I watched the Pels beat the Hawks. But I was like all in on TCU-Arizona last night. It's like first half. I'm like, all right, here we go. 11 minutes to go in the first half. I don't know, it's like 9.20, and then boom, before I know it, my alarm's going off, and it's like, you know, 5.30 in the morning. I'm like, well, guess I was tired. I didn't see what appeared to be an incredible game last night. Arizona beating TCU in overtime. The Coach K Tour continues. They beat Michigan State. Now heading to San Francisco, the number two seed in the West region. Houston, back in the Sweet 16 again. I mean, Houston, you know, they're in the Final Four last year. And everybody's like, yeah, well, whatever. They, 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 all, they beat double-digit seeds all the way to get there, and then they lost. I mean, they were still in the Final Four, guys. And this year is a five seed. They're back in the Sweet 16, and they beat Illinois pretty handily yesterday. Saw Gonzaga on Saturday night. Hold on. Drew Timmy's great post-game interview where he's trying not to swear. It was good. Felt like I was watching the Big Lebowski on TBS or something. You don't mess with a stranger in the Alps. For those of you that know, you know. Texas Tech beats Notre Dame yesterday. Miami, you know, the ACC is really the big winner. North Carolina, Miami, you're talking eight and ten seeds beating one and two seeds. And, you know, Baylor got bounced, although North Carolina almost pulled the Falcons. I mean, they had a 25-point lead, and Baylor ends up tying it. They go to OT, but UNC held on. I mean, ACC was, was tremendous. Big Ten, big disappointment. Yes, you got Iowa State out of the Big 12 that beats Wisconsin. I mean, Michigan at this point is really that didn't have big expectations going into the tournament. They're the team right now. They're like the big, the big hope. Iowa, as as usual, big disappointment. I say Michigan, Michigan and Purdue, big hope for the Big Ten. 
But Gonzaga handled their business. Beat Memphis. Very entertaining game. Kansas handled their business. Crushed Texas Southern. Beat Creighton, who was beat up. Arizona. I missed it. Last night's game apparently was a classic. TCU hadn't been to the Sweet 16 like, I don't know, 50 years? More than 50 years? Couldn't get by Arizona, though. Despite the fact that the Wildcats apparently was awful from beyond the arc. Houston back. Villanova. Villanova looks like they could be headed to the Final Four. Now, this was a lot of stuff that unfolded yesterday. For a whole week in a March Madness. Disappointing end of the season for LSU. Disappointing end of an era. You're about to get popped with some harsh punishments from Will Wade, and all you have to show for it is one sweet 16 appearance during his tenure. That's it. It wasn't like you had a run or a national title or a Final Four. You didn't have any of that. Um, Kentucky's loss. Man, I know we're going back to Thursday, but like what? When is enough enough? I know John Calipari is an all-time great, but let me tell you something. In Lexington, and just the fact, and, and just because St. Peter's is now in the Sweet 16 doesn't, doesn't cheapen the blow at all. Can John Calipari bounce back? The question shouldn't be, should he be on the hot seat? That's not a question. I think he is on the hot seat. I mean, his timeouts and crunch time, what is he doing? And then you, you get it to OT and you figure, all right, you've come this far. You got it in overtime. You're the more talented team. Come on. Nope. St. Peter's, the true Cinderella that's left. I get that Michigan's an 11 seed, but I mean, come on, they're Michigan. Let's be real. Let's be real. I get that Miami's a 10 seed, but they're in the ACC. I get that Iowa State's an 11 seed. They're, they're in the Big 12. It's the Cyclones. Okay? St. Peter's is a 15 seed that some of you around here know about St. Peter's because their baseball team played at Russo Park years ago when Gunnar Leger came one pitch away from throwing a no-hitter and ended up being... You know, the series ended up being a regret for a lot of Cajuns throughout the season because St. Peter's went on to have the worst RPI of any team in college baseball that year. But they've got some New Jersey swagger about them, man. Yeah, I know there's a lot of cliches there. But this is a team that was, you know, a month ago, 255th on Ken Palm and all the rankings. Things can change in a hurry. They can turn in a hurry. And I don't think the Peacocks are going to, you know, beat Purdue on Friday. I'll be rooting for them. But they are the one true Cinderella that's left. You might have, you might even have a double-digit seed get to the Final Four the way this bracket is playing out. But it's not going to be some Cinderella school from a con- like how many of you out there even know what conference St. Peter's plays in off the top of your head. That'd be the M A A C where they were 14 and six. They won the tournament. They beat Rick Patino's Iona Gales team. Does anyone know what M A A C stands for? <laughs> 
That would be the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. That's 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 the beauty of March Madness. I love the Cinderellas. You don't have to know. You don't have to know. You just get into it. Jay emails, says, in terms of the Illinois game, how can you call a tech on a dunk like that? Man, I saw that after the fact. I th- That might be the worst technical foul I've ever seen. Like, they called one on Coach Hurley earlier this year for just, like, lifting his hands up and, like, getting a, the home crowd fired up. Like, <laughs> like, what? But they... They called it tech on an Illinois dunk that truly did shift a lot of momentum in that game. Now, Houston went on to win by a good bit. But it was like, it was just a a, a solid dunk. His momentum sort of carried him forward, and when he came back, he dropped down, and they called it tech. It was, it was atrocious. Now, they still lost by 50. But in terms of like, I'll say this, it's the worst tech I've ever seen called about a dunk. By far. By far. Now, Houston, look, Houston's good. Kelvin Sampson's good. I mean, they've Houston's got a number of players and Kyler Edwards and Jamal Sheed and Taze Moore, these cats, they, the three of them, just the three of them outscored Illinois. Houston's won 11 of 12. They won by double digits. They didn't get a lot of respect last year, even though they were in the Final Four. And the truth is, they're not getting a lot of respect this year, if we're being honest. They're just not. But I think they got a good shot. Purdue is sitting there lined up with a a, a good shot to get to the Final Four. Now, you know, they get to play St. Peter's. And then North Carolina sitting there on the other part of the bracket. Like, here we go. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. That was a terrible, terrible tech. Worst tech I've ever seen on a dunk. Troy sends me a story from ESPN, says on December 8th, St. Peter's was 2-5, and five, lost to 0-8 St. Francis at home in front of 250 people in the stands. Says, how do you think those 250, what do you think those 250 would have said if they told you you'd be watching a Sweet 16 team? That's amazing. It is amazing. I think they would have called you a liar. They would have been like, what year? Because it ain't happening this season. Those great stories, man. And I know a lot of fan bases, including one here, and they, oh, why not us? That could have been us. Could have been that. Could have been a lot of schools, but it's usually only a few Cinderella's each year. And this year, it's it's St. Peter's moment. It's what you strive for as a mid-major, particularly one like St. Peter's out of the MAAC. Because we talk about mid-majors a lot, and we just I throw that term around a lot in college hoops. Not all mid-majors are created equal. Right? There are tiers of mid-majors, and if we're being honest, St. Peter's is on a, on a lower tier. On a lower tier.
Mondo Duplantis, in terms of tiers, he's in his own tier. He jumps over the bar. He sets the bar. He is the bar. He raises the bar. The guy continues to set world records, breaking his own constantly. The greatest pole vaulter in the history of pole vaulting, a Lafayette native, the Swede with dual citizenship, has done it again. If you missed it over the weekend, yesterday, across the pond in Serbia, competing in the championships, set a new world record. The World Athletics Indoor Championship in Belgrade, Serbia, said indoor, uh, outdoor, indoor yesterday. Broke his own world record, 6.20 meters. Celebrated the occasion. Kisses his Swedish girlfriend. Embraces his parents after that. The whole video, how it all unfolded. We got it all for you over at ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Great stuff there. Maybe today we'll have some stories about the Saints free agency because um, (laughs) they got to do something, right? The Saints have completely failed one week in free agency. It has been absolutely atrocious. Do they have time to turn it around? I suppose there are still some players on the market. Oh, they freed up 30 million in cap space. Cool. What have they used it on? You lost Marcus Williams, who's good. You replaced him with Marcus May, who's not bad. He's good. Not as good. So there's a downgrade there. You brought back Bradley Roby. Cool. Roby was not even a starter last year. He didn't beat out Paulson and Debo. Good to have depth in the secondary. The defense isn't really the problem for the Saints now, is it, guys? Offensively, you had major holes on this roster. At wide receiver after Michael Thomas. At tight end. Depth on the O-line. At quarterback. What have you done in free agency to address any of that? The answer is absolutely nothing other than go after a player that I came on the air and said I hope they don't sign into Sean Watson that played, his agent played the Saints and the Falcons and walked out of there with his client getting $230 million in guaranteed money to go to the Browns. You got played. All these presentations, all this other, you got played. Shout out to Watson's agent. Now you have a little bit of a, you know, smear on you from a PR standpoint. You're treating Jameis Winston like a booty call. Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But the Saints, this offseason, to this point, undeniably have gotten worse. And if you don't agree, you are completely lying to yourself or you're the most absurd homer there is. The final grade isn't in yet. There's still time to do stuff. But it's going to be really hard to improve when you lose your head coach to begin with. He's like, I'm, yeah, I'm stepping away. And the major holes on your roster last season that you needed to improve this offseason through free agency, through the draft, and the draft is, I get it, it's, you know, five weeks away. To this point, those holes haven't just sat there. They've actually gotten larger. More on this tomorrow. We're going to guess in the 7 o'clock hour. Jay Walker will be in tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll get into some March Madness, TTT, and more. Appreciate Coach Glasgow coming on, Coach Deggs, everybody that emailed, all the listeners. You guys are awesome.
Have a great Monday, everybody.